Guys, I'm no longer a boy. I have <laughs> oh. become a dad. <laughs> yes, I have now become the rightful owner of a 10-week-old Dachshund puppy called Freya. We picked her up on the Saturday and we... Right, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story of why it was an event. Left the house about half past 10. Um, started driving up, got to Leicester Forest East Surface Stations. And all of a sudden you just hear, bur- you just smell burning. We go over to the hard shoulder and the tire is basically blue. So we like pull up into the Leicester Forest Surface Stations. We're there for about four or five hours waiting for, maybe about close to four hours, waiting for either the RAC to come out or just the tire people to come out. Paid £5.80 for a fucking BLT. That was depressing. Um, then we did the uh, drive up to Scunthorpe, you know, met the family and all the dogs. They were lovely. And yeah, that's our first time meeting Freya in the flesh. And then it was a two hour drive back. She did not wee. She did not poo. She didn't cry. She had a bit of a play. She was very, very well behaved in the car journey back. And yeah, so I've now become an actual dog owner for something which I am responsible for. So I've always grown. I've always grown up with dogs. Like my, um, when I was a baby, my parents had a German Shepherd called Kim, and then when she then passed away, we then tried a rescue dog called Sheba, and we had her for about a month before my parents just gave up because she was just an absolute crackhead. Like she was just, she she would just leap over like stair gates and would go for the door anytime someone barked. So we had to unfortunately send her off. We then had a pair of Border Collie puppies, Shadow and Lucy. They kept fighting to each other, so we then donated Lucy to someone. So we then kept Shadow. Shadow then bolted and we kept attacking the bins. So then he went on his merry way. And then we got another German Shepherd called Rosie, and we had her for 14 years before she passed away. And then my parents then got the little pug called Lily, who is still with us now. She's an absolute bitch. She's deaf as shit. She's dumb as shit. Her favorite toy is a ripped off arm from a teddy bear. She loves clothes and she'll just lay on clothes and she won't let you do the washing. And then obviously now living with my my partner, you know, it's always been a dream to have her own dog. And, you know, Saturday was the day we became furry parents. So now you have to become a duke so you can name yourself after the Dark Souls 2 boss, like the Duke's dear Freya. The the, the Duke's Freya. Yeah, when we were proposing names, at first I was going to go for Frida, you know, from the Dark Souls 3 DLC. But I thought thought she was hesitant off the name Freya, especially when I said it's, it's, you know, a giant spider from Dark Souls 2. Um, (laughs) Or crafting. the first thing that comes into mind, isn't it? I know. Especially when it's throwing away your furniture. It's like, oh, no. That's why I thought of Frida at first, just because that was a really awesome boss fight. Because originally we was going to call her something like Nova. But when you're thinking of names, you've got to be considerate of how they sound. Because if you said Nova, obviously the first part of Nova is no, which is obviously a command for telling them mm. no. So if you said Nova, she'll probably be like, shit, is that no as in stop what I'm doing? Or Nova as in that's my name. So yeah, we went sure, for Freya. Yeah, yeah like, there's all sorts of stuff which we didn't really consider. Well. So yeah, I'm... Um, um, I'm a dad. <laughs> in, in, you're a fur dad. I'm a fur dad. Yeah. So not, not we've already established that. Yet. Yeah, we've already established that Lacey is the one she's most drawn to, but I'm the one she wants to play rough with or beat up. I find. So already, yeah. yeah, you find that pets are like that. It's like when I come home from work, my dog. She she knows what time it is. She knows it's time for her food. She knows who feeds her in the mornings and she knows who feeds her in the evenings mm. so um, I, it's, it's near enough as soon as i'm back the first thing i do is feed her because well 
she wants her food, so but you know, animals animals know these things and yeah. Yeah, Ross yeah. is just exactly the same. He's got two settings, asleep or really excited to see me because he knows he's gonna get food. Pretty much. Yeah, so There's she no in between. knows when it's food, but so we've given her like a slow feeder, which is doing its trick. Um but the one thing which we did get, we got her like a set of stairs to make it easier for her to get onto the sofa and she knew straight away what to do with those. But then because she knew exactly what to do with these mini stairs, she thought, Oh, there's a big set of stairs there. I'll go zooming up those. And she fucking did. So we had to like quickly like border up the stairs and be like, okay, shit, we need to get a stair gate because otherwise she's going to go zooming up the stairs. <laughs> We've had to literally reorganize the living room because she got stuck behind one of the chairs. We had to move one of the chairs into the corner, replace it with the bookshelf, move a cage into the other corner, redo some of the wiring to make sure it's not within biting range. Yeah, that is Oh true. my God. Yeah, yeah there's oh. lots of places dogs and cats can get stuck that you don't realize they can do that. Mm. <laughs> like, how the hell did you even achieve that? Rossi she's once in... got stuck in the nest of tables and still not sure how <laughs> well she's a dachshund puppy she can literally just fit under anything it's, it's, yeah so it wouldn't surprise well because at the moment obviously she knew how to go up and down the stairs and now she's so confident on the stairs she's jumping she's jumping off of the third step i'm just like you fucking don't do it so yeah it's, it's a, like obviously i find it like that puppy whine when they when they're needy or want something really tugs against me so like we're trying to like discipline her so like if me and Lacey are eating she's not allowed on the sofa with us she has to stay stay down she's whines and whines and whines and Lacey's just like brandon be strong don't give in oh, i was like yeah. I, I can't the sounds <laughs> Like when when we got my, my dog, uh, I remember I was like, when we're eating, I'm never giving her food from the table. I'm never mm. gonna sit sit while I'm eating, give her something. Yeah, well, I guess now I've broken it, but I think I was I went strong for a good maybe two years. I was like, I'm not gonna give her something while I'm eating but now if i do it's only like i'll give it i'll throw her some cucumber and then she my dog can be a massive butter mouth and she just i throw it at, at her and then she just it just falls on the floor because she doesn't know how to catch it with her mouth <laughs> yeah you do you have to be strong and discipline them i I'm, i say that and I'm not my dog's not the best well trained but I guess my dog has a lot of personality, but and well, I think that's why we like her. She, you know, she could be better trained, but well, she's our dog, so this guy's still friendly. Yeah, she is. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another brand new episode of Victory Achieved Podcast. I say brand new, unless you're listening to this again and I've coughed, so I've already ruined this take. Fuck it. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, uh, we actually worked out that uh, when we recorded last, uh, we've actually been recording this show for two years. Can you believe? So, I guess it's a happy two-year anniversary to Dan Hello. and Brandon. Two years. If you times that by seven, it's 14. So, we're 14 in dog years now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Relevant to the cold opening, yeah. yeah so. Well, I'm feeling a little bit dog-eared, so... Um, but um, but mm. you know, I, I can't think of anything better to say. I was guessing I'm a bit long in the tooth. But... Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Uh, it's not feeling a bit rough. Let, let's just get on with it. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with, uh, the, I suppose, the hot topic. The thing that's just come out, uh, okay. which Dan has been playing. Let's kick off with, uh, oh, I want to say Breath of the Wild, but it's not. No. <laughs> Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom. Also, it's Zelda. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I don't know how many hours I've played. I can probably check now, but I'm just gonna leave it. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably played. It's getting towards ten hours. I don't know if I'm actually played ten hours, but I'm. I would say I'm on the. I'm definitely about seven, eight, nine-ish. I don't know. It's around there. Uh, so I played a fair amount. Uh, I'm not very far. Well, it's an open-world game, so yeah, you can explore to your heart's content. Um. Got a few friends have been playing it as well, so we've been messaging each other about what we've, each of us have been doing. Cause I know, like, one of my friends has got to one of the—he's got to like the Rito place, and I'm like, I've not even—I'm nowhere near there. I'm just doing my own thing, and he's like, oh, I did this, this, did these shrines. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. Uh, I guess you know, you know when? Well, unless it was just me, but you know when you played Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring. How did you feel playing those two games? Uh, Elden Ring, excited, full of adventure. Breath of the Wild, I just felt like I was going for the motions. I've, I've got to be brutally honest, I'm not a huge fan of Breath of the Wild. That's why I've not gone out my way to get Tears of the Kingdom. I much prefer the older 2D Zelda adventures. To, I, like, I know, I know you're, you're like that, Chris. And uh, But going from what you meant said about Elden Ring, you said you were excited to see the world. And I, I had, I felt the exact same playing Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild. I, I remember when I got Breath of the Wild, I played it that that week because I, I got, got it for Christmas, and I think I played like, like, like thirty, forty hours, like in a space of a week. It was ridiculous. I just wanted to see it so much, and I guess to put it brutally, Tears of the Kingdom is just more Breath of the Wild. It's, oh dear! Like I, I, I say that that's. You say, oh dear, that's, it's not really, it, I think I don't, because it's like the same world as Breath of the Wild, I kind of know what I'm expecting, you know, to a point, whereas like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, I had no idea, I was like, well, Elden Ring's from software, I know what gameplay wise, what to expect, and some other stuff, but I remember just getting to each area, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's, what am I going to see next, what, what am I going to find next? And it was the same in Breath of the Wild, and I'm still I do I do feel like that with Tears, but it's on a much less level than those two. Uh, and maybe I played many great open world games, so that Tears just you know I might I might I might feel differently in a in many hours later. But I, but I, I say that as a you know it's, I, I put a, a negative, but. Other than that, I am actually really enjoying Tears. Because I've been blasting through Octopath and Tears is like the only thing that's made me go, nope, no more Octopath now for a (laughs) while. And it's now Tears time. Uh, And like the, it it, it is really good. Um, I guess, I guess, where where do I start properly? Uh, It's definitely feels like it's trying to fix or correct some things that people didn't like about Breath of the Wild. For example, the story definitely feels far more engaging from the start. Although, literally before we start recording this, I saw a tweet that went, Great game, Nintendo. I literally just saw the final cutscene for this game in the space of 10 minutes after getting down on the ground. I was just like, yep, that that can potentially happen. So I've, I've yet to see that, but yeah, uh, other than that, story-wise, it definitely feels like it's trying to course-correct Breath of the Wild, because I, 
so what 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 in gameplay terms does it do to distinguish itself from Breath of the Wild? What what new features does it have? So, so you know in Breath of the Wild you had like the bomb, ice, the like freeze time and mag- mag- magnetism. Magnetism, yeah. Yeah. So with this, I think there's still one I've yet to get. But you got the Ultra Hand, which is basically your magnet. But this time you can attach things. So there's a lot of puzzles where you're like, right, I need to attach this to this. Like a, I did a shrine last night where I had to attach. I had like a little. You had like a little uh, board with some wheels on, and there was another one. So I put them together. I had you know the little bo- uh, yellow, not yellow, orange glowing balls. Uh, I put that. I needed to move that, so I put that. Attached that on, and then it, it was on. I then had to move that onto like this barrier, and then I hit hit the wheels, and then it rolled across the barrier. So that's like a puzzle that I did it, and so that's one. You got something called recall, so you can rewind time on an object. Uh, I that's how you get to like all the sky islands. You got the the rocks that fall, like the rocks that fall down. You stand on them, use the recall, and you fly up to the sky islands, uh, which I've not really explored that much. I've only done the tutorial sky island. Uh, and then what's the other one? You got the the thing where you fuse all the is where you got all the weapon fusing. So you like, you have any weapon, you can fuse it with any other weapon or any objects, and so you can make like a bomb arrow while just when you're using your arrows and you can make weapons where you can put like a bomb or something else on and you can if you got like a uh you can put or you can put a stone on make sledgehammers yeah there's a, a thing called a flame emitter so basically make any weapon into a flamethrower which is kind of fun pretty cool mm. um like i said i think there's another ability but i have not got it yet i guess it's try it's some of the abilities that you get in the first game are just gone. I think the only one is the ma- like the Ultra Hand, which is the magnetism. And then the stop time is now recall. But the, other than that, it's new abilities. Really, realistically, it's just a different tool set. But you can do quite a bit with that tool set. It's a lot more uh, creative. There's a lot of things where... I, apparently, there's a lot of shrines where there's multiple ways to complete it using the different tools but i i i don't know which shrines are like that but uh like i i did i i got stuck on a shrine last night actually and then while i was at work today i was like if i just did this would that do it and then i got home today i did i did what i thought and i was like oh there you go uh like i said i've not played loads but it definitely feels like it's trying to be different than breath of the wild and trying to make the make the story really more engaging and make the gameplay different and more creative than its predecessor. Let me see. Um, I do have one question. I don't know if you've played enough to know yet, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm aware like a lot of it like takes place on like the Sky Islands, as you say. But the actual like, world map itself, like the ground floor, like Hyrule, because mm-hmm. it's meant to be the same place. Is it the same map? Has it been reused? I don't you know. So far, no. I think it's a yes and no. I've with how much I've explored, which is not much. It is a yes and no. Some sections feel very similar, but there is a lot of new things to find. There's a lot of caves. There's a lot of caves that you can uh, go in and find and do. That's a 
big thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of underground sections through the map. That obviously you got the sky set, sky islands as well, which are except for the the Tutorial Island, which is basically your grand, great plateau. Uh, I haven't done any of the sky stuff, and then you also have an underground bit, which I've done a bit on. I did like the side quest to get the the camera. But other than that, I've not really done much. Uh, so you got the sky, the land, and the underground. But the land, I think it is mostly. I think it. I think it is very. It is very similar to Breath of the Wild. I think uh, there are changes, but I haven't explored it enough to say. But I have, I have explored enough of what I've explored. I've been like, oh, that's that. That's different than. Breath of the Wild, but it's all, but it's still, still very similar. Uh, it is a bit of a yes and no, yes and no. Mm. But I it disappoints me. It is, yeah, because uh, I, I was thinking like, obviously, from what I've seen, it looks very similar to Breath of the Wild. It's like it's reused assets, and that puts me off a bit because it's like, is this going to feel more like an expansion than an actual sequel? Because I was thinking like, uh, like how Majora's Mask is to Ocarina of Time, like they reuse a lot of the assets, but it was only given like nine months to like bang out a new game. Mm. And this game has been delayed for ages. And I'm wondering what are the delays for exactly? Because it seems to be just mostly the same stuff again. I, I don't know. Like I'm not that far, so I don't know. But I can definitely feel like they've tried to change change make it feel and change feel different to breath of the wild because like breath of the wild in if you if you actually think of the story and its urgency basically speedrunners are right <laughs> because yeah. why in with the urgency of breath of the wild why would you do anything else you would go straight to hyrule castle and beat calamity ganon that is like the air urgency of breath of the wild into its story whereas tears of a kingdom is completely different i'm i've seen people go i see i've seen things where it's like someone's beaten tears of the kingdom in 94 minutes and I'm like, one, how? Two, how do you know where to fucking go? Because I don't know where the final boss is. I'm a, maybe, well, unless I'm being stupid and I, I know, I do actually know. I, it is where I think it is, but I, I don't know. There's, it's not like in Breath of the Wild where it basically just, it basically you start it and points you where basic Calamity Ganon is. There's no, none of that. It's very ambiguous on what kind of going on in Tears. Like after you have like little prologue section and then after you do you have your tutorial and then it's like well just go here and then it just kind of expands out so unless someone unless it's like well let's go here all oh, right here's the final boss which i'm assuming probably is the case other than that i have no idea where the final boss is but i apparently you can get you can get to it right right now but i have no idea where it is so m most of the uh, gameplay footage i have seen of this game like, and I've seen very little because I don't want it spoiling for me. Because I will pick it up at some point. All I know is like an hour like after it went live, I seen so many videos of people just crafting dicks. How yep. was it? It's like, it's like, yeah, you get, you get them crafting. Of, of course, that's all they're gonna do. Yep. It could be given the most elaborate system ever. That's it. <laughs> yep. I could literally do it if I wanted to. It's really easy. Yep. Uh... And I think that's why so many people are giving it like tens out of tens. <laughs> craft dicks. Well... But yeah. It's the it's the peak of gaming. <laughs> yep, craft a dick in a a, a stick man with a dick in. Zelda, there you go. Yeah, I've seen that video so many times. I don't look for it. It just, it just keeps popping it, yeah, up. Yeah, it just appears. <laughs> uh, yes. No, I like. I am. I am really enjoying it. I like. I but 
I, at the same time, I, I can't lie, it just is more Breath of the Wild, which isn't a bad thing either. I really like Breath of the Wild. It's still not, like, in my top three Zelda games, but, you know, I I do, I, I you know, I've played over 100 hours of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> There's a, that's more than enough reason to say why I really like it. Although I say that, I've played more hours on Octopath Traveler, and I think Breath of the Wild is better than Octopath Traveler. So, so uh, there you go. But, uh, you know, I, I am enjoying Tears, and it does feel like it's trying to fix a lot of the criticisms Breath of the Wild has. The, I would yeah. say, the tutorial area, there I got, did get stuck, and I nearly fucked myself. I, I got there. There's a bit where you have to go up to the snowy area, and... I got up there, and then I, I, I kind of got a little bit lost, and there's a little, like, cliff that you can go up, and so I was like, oh, if I could go up this cliff, there must be a similar thing on the other cliff, where the shrine is, couldn't find one, I then fell down, here is where I made my mistake, <laughs> I should not have felt fallen down, I then fell down, to the next level and then thinking the path up to the shrine was there i then proceeded for an hour try and get back to where i was going up to this snowy area failing and then i realized i have to go across the entire uh tutorial map again to get to where i was and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe this and then I went, and then I was like, what if I have a save? And I was very lucky that my last manual save was in the cave just before the snowy area. So I, mm. I nearly spent an over an hour and a half going backtracking through the tutorial uh, island, but luckily I didn't have to. So every other person who I knew who started, started the game after me, I was like, when you get to here, do this. When you get to here, do this. So that they so that they knew which way to go and they didn't nearly make the same mistake I did. Or maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. Well, it sounds like you managed to avoid many tears of the in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got I I, I know I put in our chat that I played it until half two. I got so pissed off because of this. Cause it got to about <laughs> one when I, one o'clock when I realised this that I'd gone the wrong way and I was like I was like I'll go, I I need to go bed and I sat I, I was like five minutes and I was like I'm so pissed off I want to fix <laughs> this and so I I went straight back on and <laughs> yeah but uh, I voice acting's been pretty except well except for Zelda is Zelda every other voice actor so far has been decent got the the mighty matt mercer as ganondorf uh absolutely fantastic whereas matt mercer you can't matt mercer is a voice you cannot go he cannot go wrong yeah there's another voice i recognized mainly because they play a fire emblem character and i was like oh of course oh yeah i was like i recognize that voice to be fair i'm the same when it comes to anime like certain voices as soon as i hear him i'm just like this just made this anime 100 percent better just because that voice actor exists it's the well it's because we listen to it and we watch it in japanese it's, it, it's even better it's like oh i don't recognize that voice actress yes. or that voice actor you don't recognize their japanese voice but yeah um i'm, I'm really liking tears but i'm not very far yeah it's a good game but it is just more breath of the wild with a lot more creative tools given to the player. And dicks. Yeah, and dicks. Yeah, dicks of the kingdom. <laughs> so, this raises an interesting point that I've, I've seen someone made. Like, I was like, Tears of the Kingdom got like a 10 out of 10 because it says, like, oh, it does like everything Breath of the Wild did, but better. Breath of the Wild's also got like 10 out of 10. So you think, hold on, in hindsight, that means Breath of the Wild can't be a 10 out of 10 because Tears of the Kingdom is. And if you say 
Tears of the Kingdom is better than Breath of the Wild. Something's got to give. Uh, it's the same with everything, though. Mm-hmm. You know, when, like, Pokemon Red and Blue came out, the 10 out of 10s. If you look at them now, uh-huh. they're not 10 out of 10s. But, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it is. I know, both of you are just like, fuck, why did you just say that, Dan? But, you know what I mean? Like, at that time, yeah, Breath of the Wild probably was a 10 out of 10 for a lot of people. I, I listen to podcasts where someone's been like, I could give my 50-year-old dad Breath of the Wild and they really enjoyed it. They had a great time. But Tears of a Kingdom, I don't know if I could give the, give my 50-year-old dad that and, and he'd have the same enjoyment as he did with Breath of the Wild. You know, I don't know. Yeah, That's a really interesting way of putting it, saying like you can give it to your 50-year-old dad. Yeah. Here you go, Dad, you can craft X unless you'll love it. <laughs> my dad would just look at it and be like, what the bloody hell am I meant to do? And quite often, if I'm playing like anything like made by the Japanese, they'd be like, is this Yu-Gi-Oh? And I was like, Dad, first of all, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. And second, <laughs> no. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, what is it, Digimons? Then I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, like I said, I, I am enjoying it. I need to play a lot more. It, it definitely feels like, I, I think I'm, I think, with the way I'm going, I think I'll probably, I think I'm going to enjoy it more than Tears of a Kingdom. I think... I mean, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it more than Breath of the Wild, sorry. I think because it's the same world as Breath of the Wild, I'm not getting the same uh, feelings of like I did with Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring where I'm like, oh, what am I going to see? What am I going to see next? It's like, oh, I know, I know this world. I've, I've been around it so for over 100 hours. I know generally what to expect. So it's just discovering all the new things. And that's making me more interested. It's not really the actual world that's making me interested. I, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, New Zelda. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Have you got anything quickly to add to that? Because otherwise I'm going to talk about probably the only thing I've been up to in the past two weeks since becoming a father. <laughs> Go on. No? Okay. In which case, so I've started, well, obviously not on purpose. I went to a baby shower. Again, I've been busy. I've not been doing like electronics stuff. I've been sort of life busy. I went to a baby shower last week and I've never been to a baby shower before. So I didn't even know really what to expect. I know it's quite, it's most often it's like an American thing, isn't it? Like baby showers yeah. and stuff like that. I've only been to one. Yeah, so my first instinct was, what the fuck do you do at a baby shower? Like, what does it mean? And it basically means to shower the baby. No, not shower the baby. See, I've already started again. To shower the mother and father with presents to look after yeah. the baby when they're born. Okay. When I first heard baby shower, I was just like, well, the baby's not born. What's the point in washing it? <laughs> so I was a bit, I was a bit, I was a bit confused there at why it's a big event to, on how to wash the baby. I was like, yeah. So we went to the baby shower, and you know, that was. Obviously, that was a whole day affair. But when when we finished the baby shower and got home, well, got back to Lacey's parents, we started watching a um, TV program called Under the Dome, which came out in 2013, I believe. It wasn't 2013. It must have been about then. And it's a Stephen King series. Um, so it's based on the books he's written, written. And the first thing that came to my mind was... Also, I know Stephen King wrote a lot of his books during like the 80s and whatever. So the first thing that came to my mind was what came first, the Simpsons movie or Under the Dome? Because they're pretty much the same thing. Um, so obviously Simpsons came first, as Spanky would know, so they predicted everything. So essentially, it's, you know, there's this town in America and also the massive dome appears. Um, as, a, as soon as the dome immediately appears, it just basically rips whatever Simpsons in half so like say for example if there's a cow crossing the road and when the dome appeared the dome would just literally just cut this cow in half or 
buildings were cut in half, people who were probably walking with their loved ones holding their hands, they would have their arms broken by the time like this wall appeared. They don't so I'm only about three episodes in and you know, no one really knows how tall the dome is. The government seems to be doing tests on the wall. They're not unsure. They're a bit unsure about what it is. And the only two people at the moment who have any idea of what's going on is like the mayor and the councillor or whatever it is, or the preacher. So it's, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm enjoying it so far. Obviously, a lot of Stephen King stories is that obviously they've got the overarching story, but there's a lot of side stories within the overarching story. So that's that nice Stephen King-esque to it, you know. Um, like I said, so far, I'm enjoying it. I'm three episodes in. It's 39 episodes long. It's quite a bit of a beast to get through, with each episode being an hour long. Um, yeah, so, so far, I'm enjoying it. Have you guys heard of it or anything? I, I know of it. I've not read the book or watched it, but I know of it. Yeah, I'll just look it up now, because I didn't know anything about it. And it's funny you should say, like, Simpsons did it, because um, it turns out this book was only written in 2009, and the Simpsons movie came out in 2007. So they that's, did that's literally why I was thinking at the time, what came first, The Simpsons or King? And now we know, Simpsons and did yeah, it. Yeah, so The Simpsons literally predicted what Stephen King was doing, it's confirmed. Because mm. I would have thought it would have been a bit... It, <laughs> a bit freaky if well actually no not freaky per se but if king did it first than the simpsons then obviously king because hey, that was my idea but the fact that simpsons did it first and, and obviously they've notoriously memed for predicting things yeah so it, it just seemed a bit weird because i was thinking like all like you said like oh stephen king most of his work is like in the 80s like that's when he's like most predominant mm. so you assume like all these books are from then you kind of forget it's like Oh, yeah, he's still writing. <laughs> yeah, cause literally, because I was thinking, like, obviously, It and The Shining, you know, all of those cult classes were all during the 80s. And suddenly, obviously, yeah. he's got some recent-ish ones, but obviously, yeah. I didn't really think of Under the Dome being within the past 15 years, or 14 years, technically. Yeah, and then you got something like Carrie that's had, like, two versions. Is it two or three versions? I don't know. I've not read Carrie yet. Yeah, and, well, I think that's got, like, either one or two remakes. I don't know. Bloody hell. And at least oh, most one of remake. Both, most of Stephen King's older words are just, like, metaphors for him being on drugs. <laughs> A lot of drugs. <laughs> I've only yeah. read... Have, you, have any of you ever read any Stephen King? I've read actually quite a, when I was commuting from Peterborough to get to work, um, I would spend like a lot of my time reading. So I've read, so I can literally list every Stephen King book I've read. I've read It, The Shining. I think I've read Doctor Sleep, The Institute, The Outsider, Cujo, Pet Cemetery, And I think that's it. So yeah, so I've read seven of his books. Chris? Oh, uh, I actually haven't read a single one of his books. Uh, I have seen a couple of the TV miniseries, much to my dismay, because they've all been crap. <laughs> I've not um, seen any of the TV miniseries. I've only seen, I've seen like Tim Curry's It, which I didn't realise was actually filmed in two parts. That yeah. Finding part one is easy, but trying to find part two for some reason seems to be so difficult and I don't know why. I've checked so many like secondhand shots to try and find it, like CEX, charity shots or anything. I just cannot find the second part to the Tim Curry It. Well, well to save you the time, it's shit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like find it really beloved and they prefer that version over the modern Pennywise. I'm just I find like, it really, I find it really drawn out and boring. Like most of the like adaptations. So sorry, Mr. King. Like uh, the the best one is like movies. Like, yeah, 2019. Is, high voltage. Yeah. High voltage was the best one. I've 
I've read one Stephen King book, and funny enough, it's one that you didn't, you've not read, Brandon, which is quite nice to be different. It's The Gunslinger, which is the, the first book in his what he would call his magnus opus, <laughs> the the Dark Tower series. I've been meaning to do the Dark Tower series. Yeah, I've got the first. I think I've got about nearly half of it. I've re- I've read the first one, and I've read half of the second one, and then I stopped. Not because it's bad. It's really quite a good book. Uh, I just stopped. Although I've heard things that basically it's a the second book is just filler. I was a bit like, mm. it's not. I, oh I, God. So, uh, but it, I I guess uh, with how far I've gone, it doesn't feel like filler. But I think I can understand why that comment would be made because it's basically just how certain these characters come into it, and it's basically just doing these three characters. Like, it's set into the second book. It's just these three characters. It's their backstory. That's, in in a, in a nutshell, that is the second book. Uh, mm. Without, without, because it is a lot more than that. And that's why it's quite interesting. With what, what actually happens in the second book so far. It's uh, quite, quite, int- quite weird and quite interesting. But the first book, The Gunsling, is fantastic. And I think I, I, when I read it, I was like, I am never watching that Dark Tower film why <laughs> mainly because uh after reading the book and then i watched the trailer or like this is like after the film had been out for, uh for ages i was like i'm just gonna watch the trailer and see how much it's butchered this book i didn't i don't think i got very far i must have got like 10 seconds and i was like oh my gosh this 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 trailer what did they do to this film this film is terrible like <laughs> i don't even need to watch it to be like how much it's been butchered it's like the little boy it's just like oh let's go gunslinger let's go to new york or whatever and i'm like what wait what this is this (laughs) is not this is not the first book what is going on here what what i was like no no i'm 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 never watching that film doesn't i think the one my one problem is every time i read uh the dark tower i just think of ibris elba that's the only problem i just think of him as the gunslinger i'm just like no that's not the gunslinger that's just ibris elba and then i try and imagine the gunslinger i'm like right let's try and think of him i think of him more a bit like clint eastwood not ibris elba (laughs) yeah the one stephen king book i had so the book i had the easiest time reading was the institute i found that one very vivid and a very quick and easy read the one which i struggled with the most in terms of just sheer content pacing and everything was the outsider i really struggled reading that because it was just so it was more of a it was more like a crime one and a lot a lot of it was just law political and just things like that and i was just like i was like fuck is anything gonna happen whereas on the institute it was just like bang 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 like it was quite in there very descriptive very vivid you know it was kind of nice because it was just like this very just long overarching story of pennywise um Cujo was pretty good and vivid pet cemetery was all right actually the pet cemetery was good but i don't remember much of um oh, i can't remember now i can't remember much of doctor sleep and i don't know why i'm, I'm pretty certain yeah i just like of, of the seven books i've read doctor sleep is the one i can't really remember anything of and i don't know why doctor sleep's the sequel to the shining isn't it yeah I don't know why I can't remember. I don't know why I can't remember. It's weird. Uh, for me, the most interesting stuff I've read by Stephen King recently is uh, him on Twitter, just, like arguing with Elon Musk. Really? <laughs> yeah. What's he been saying? Oh, all sorts. I, I've not kept like a 
a huge like track of what he's been saying, but it was mostly to do with like you know like the blue check mark things yeah. like oh, yeah. it's like oh people meant to pay for them. It's like Stephen King had one who was like, Why the fuck have I got a blue check mark? I don't want one or like a right pompous twat. So why are you giving me one email? Piss off. Yeah. God imagine imagine having to pay for Twitter to like build some kind of self fulfillment. Yeah. It's a... a free platform. Nah, no, no. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Not good. Yeah. No, no, it's not good. I, I think they're kind of like trying to sweep it under the rug at the moment. <laughs> and they've got a new CEO, so God knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I hate what? Twitter, but sometimes the drama is entertaining. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I use it. Well, I initially used it for another reason, and now it's I'm now using it for near enough the same reason I use most of my social media. So, uh, of yeah. course, yeah, you you already know, Brandon. So, uh, yes, uh, don't blame you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of good artwork on there, isn't there? Yes, yes. <laughs> mm. Um, I yeah. So, under the dome, good. Yeah, like I said, I'm only three episodes into it. I don't really understand or know how that's going to stretch out to 39 episodes. Um, so that's going to be something I'm yet to see. So, yeah, as I watch more, I'll see if I can form a more solid opinion of what happens. Oh, well, Marvelous. you watched uh, a film that I watched, uh, I mentioned a while back, didn't you, Chris? Yes, I did. D and D movie. I did. I was going to mention something else, but we'll we'll move on to that <laughs> shortly. Yeah. Um. So I have watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I've actually watched it twice as uh, I first wanted to watch it. So uh, and it was actually their wedding anniversary. So I thought, well, they're not really doing much. So let's watch Dungeons and Dragons. So they did, and they rather enjoyed it too. Now oh, re- refresh my memory, Dan. How? What did you think about this film? You said it was pretty good, right? What were your thoughts? Uh, I said I enjoyed. I I thought it was like a, it was a fun film. I, I think I didn't have... It was just one of those films that I went in, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the experience, kind of left and kind of like... Didn't have... I don't really have loads to say, just that it was a good film. Like, I did... I think I did say that some of the uh, like definitely like the um, like the Dragonborns and those kind of humanoid did look a bit weird, but for the most part, I, I enjoyed the film. I really liked the Druid, who I found out is the she played the female character in the It Part One, going linking it to Stephen King. Yeah, whatever she's called in It. Yeah. There you go. Well, um, yeah. Well, say so I I really like this film, so I decided to watch it again. It was like. It's like two days later, so it wasn't like a great mm. deal of time has passed. I've had a really fun time of it. I'm not like a huge like D and D buff, like uh, like no audience announced in it, but I did get a very few references from like uh, some of the old games. It's like oh, the, the mentioned mm. Baldur's Gate. It's like, I know what Baldur's Gate is. I know Neverwinter, and I think I've felt just like that little bit more invested because it's like the world building they've done is like I know these locales. Yes. I sort of know where they are. Mm. That, that gives it a bit more weight. But I liked all the characters. I think they played off each other really well. The film did something that not a lot of films do but uh i actually give a shit about all the characters <laughs> like the actual party as such mm. and the diverse of it they kind of remind me like the, the little party they kind of remind me of gardens of the galaxy in a sense like they seem to have yeah. the same sort of, yeah yeah they, they do actually any sort of chemistry like how they play each other like like obviously your barbarians like your group drax equivalent and so on <laughs> yeah but i it's just I found it was funny. I thought the plot was good. Probably been a little cliche, but it was very entertaining. Um, all the set pieces had enough like excuses for you know to like get in as many sort of like mythical creatures and action set pieces as possible. Yeah, it's like, what's it like two and a quarter hours and flew by. 
both times watched it, even on a rewatch, it's like, yeah, like this bit's coming up. And I was, I was like, because I've watched it once, only a couple of days early, and I was what I was like, I had like one eye on my folks. You know how you do with a movie, you got like one eye on your friend that's watching it just to see mm. how they react to it. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, this bit's coming coming up. The uh, the graveyard scene, I find oh yeah, hilarious. That yes. bit's fantastic. I was like, I was like, yeah, they're laughing as well, fam. Brilliant. Yeah, I thought they would. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's really. Yeah, it's just really solid. I might actually pick this one up on Blu-ray. Like, mm. I don't know if they'll do a sequel to it because I don't know how well it's performed. I think it did relatively well. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the general consensus, I think, is like sevens out of tens, like seventy percent. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes. So people seem to like it fine enough. But I don't know if they'll ever do a sequel to it. I think it's like a one and done. It's like everyone's had their arc. It's like well, so it feels. But you know what Hollywood's like. Mm. Might do in the war. But I kind of hope they don't. I think it's wrapped up fine unless they take like an entirely different cast and tell a different story which you imagine will be have to be how it goes but yeah uh Hugh Grant plays a good role uh, everyone that does great in it. mm. it's just highly entertaining and I highly recommend it yeah as I said when when I mentioned it because I play my my own personal D&D character is a druid I I definitely really enjoyed uh Doric the the druid mm. I'd seen um someone on YouTube who uh does a lot of D&D uh is it Rife Hayes don't know if you're familiar with him no it was um he'd be talking about uh Dungeons Dragons online game and he briefly mentions the film as well it's like it's like sometimes you just gotta let things slide it's like yeah the stuff that's happening in the film isn't like one-to-one with a tabletop game but you've got to sacrifice some accuracy for entertainment's sake it's like yeah yeah, you could you could do it like that but it would be boring to watch Oh yeah. yeah, I know how people can get like really hung up on these. It's like, oh, you can't do that. You can't cast that spell. He's the wrong class. When I was watching, it's like, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when they were doing the speak with the dead. They just kept constantly kept using it. So in like actual D and D, you wouldn't be able to. Oh, they can do it once a day. Or something. <laughs> well, there'd be a limit limitation, but it was just like. I don't know how many how they used it way more than you could actually do in 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 the game uh so in a tabletop game so but it doesn't it doesn't matter it's like a really it's a funny scene so it who cares uh, yeah it's just a good film just go and see it it's good mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's with you no I, I didn't say it's fine I, I made sure to say it. it's not it's fine <laughs> Uh, it's better it, than it is good it is good yeah, it's good so i suppose moving swiftly on uh i'm gonna bring it back to a game which i played and i tried very hard today to uh, get it done before we recorded and i managed to do it so um uh one of my wonderful uh viewers on twitch sent me some games which is amazing they sent me callisto protocol and dead space callisto protocol i've not had much time with yet so i i've We'll talk about that at some point. Uh, but I have finished a Dead Space remake. Have either of you played them or the original? No, nope, I played I any. Want to. Okay. Well, I would say I I'm I'm glad I got this gifted to me because I don't know how much I would have paid for it. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed this game uh, as far as remakes go, but it does tread a lot of old ground. Like, um, oh, it's kind of a strange remake because like the the sort of gameplay and like the map design isn't far off from the original it's just like been tweaked and polished a bit some room layouts are different but like the the core map is like the same if that makes sense like you still like access things like the same way it's just like the room designs are slightly different but compared to the original they're like oh yeah well, i know where i am i know like the equivalent is like in the original games there's some iconic rooms i'd also point out uh, now that i've played the original dead space to death i've played it so much i've uh, done challenge runs on it i've played it so many times since it 
first came out, and it's one of my favourite games. So the remake had a lot to live up to. I'm glad to say it does. My only issue with it is I think it plays it looks a little bit too similar. Even going in as like new, sort of ahead of time, what I had to face. But it does flash it out the game a bit more. It feels longer. Uh, it does add like a few side quests in, and uh, the map itself is more interconnected. If you played the first game, you'll know there's a tram system, and it kind of like acts as like a checkpoint between chapters. It's like you do this floor, you're on like chapter four, so on. You're in engineering, and so on and so on. It's it's a fairly linear game. But this one opens it up a little bit more because you can backtrack. You can go back to the tram and like go to any floor at any time, which is what you do to like do some side quests. And the game also adds a secure sort of feature so in the original game there were like certain lockers that you couldn't open until like uh you come back later then they're just sort of like magically open when you're backtracking and this one it gives you a reason for it and that's because like your security level is not high enough and as you go on you find like security offices and that and like you can get into like higher access stuff which is kind of where the backtracking comes in it's like oh you've got like level three clearance now so now you can open up all these lockers so it kind of goes out of its way to explain i suppose for lack of a better term like game mechanics rather than story it's like it gives you like a reason why these things are happening rather than just for gameplay's sake but i don't like how they fleshed it out um the upgrade system is done slightly differently as well in the original you got like power nodes and then you took them to like a bench and there's like a sort of essentially a skill tree. You just put a node in it and it'll upgrade your stuff. That's still the case, but for everything like weapons, their skill trees only go out so far. And then you've got to find like special items to upgrade them further to unlock like more nodes. And then usually tied behind all your side quests and exploring. So if you like really like one gun, then uh, you're going to have to go out your way and explore and do the optional stuff to get it to like maxed out. Whereas the original light, you could just upgrade everything from the start. <coughs> Sorry, my hair fever's being a dick. <laughs> would, would, you, would you say? I've never played Dead Space, but all I, if you, if I had to say what it's like, is it basically just Resi Four in space? Uh, it's not too dissimilar. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I thought. Not that's, a, that's not a bad thing. I'm just like that's why I thought it kind of plays because it's over the shoulder, ain't it? It is, yeah. Um, Dead Space did do the um, over the shoulder, but you can move around first. Whereas like Resi Four, like the originals, like, you don't move when you aim. So uh, the original Dead Space feels a bit more clunky. Like this one feels like you got way more fluid movement and the optional extras you've got. Like you've got Kinesis, which can like you can pick up items and hit enemies with them, uh, impale them, which was there in the original, but it was fleshed out more in Dead Space 2. But in this remake, it feels more like 2, where there's just more stuff you can pick up. And things seem to do more damage as well. Like you could throw things at enemies in like the original ones, but it didn't seem to like, do anything. They didn't react. Here they actually like do damage. <laughs> So if you're running really low on ammo, you can like, impale them with spears and whatnot, like, any sort of debris lying around. And you've also got stasis, which can slow down time, uh, which pretty much acts exactly the same as the original game. Like, it's not really been, been tinkered with. If it works, leave it alone. But without the rules tinted glasses, I think I can safely say if you've not played the original, I don't think you have to. I think this yeah. one you can just pick up and there's no reason to go back because for the most part, it is the same. There's a few little tweaks. Like I say, some of the room layouts different, but the mechanics are smoother. Um, the changes it does make, like the minor ones, I do think are for the better. Like some sections, like in the original, like you've got a couple of bits where you're like on like a uh, sort of mounted turret and they're not exactly the most fun sections so they've been scrapped and reworked entirely and i do think for the better although 
although my one minor nitpick is uh, in its place, you like you you don't like take a seat like you would do in a turret section like your traditional games or like the original. Instead, you sort of like interact with a turret and it like moves with you, and you sort of aim like you're aiming your regular weapon. Except there's like another sort of cursor that moves along, like uh, which is like the, the turret being used. The, my one little nitpick is. To fire the turret, you press the X button, which is fine. But because you've been firing with your gun, you can still press like the R2 trigger and it still fires off your rounds. Like you're still firing like your gun. And it's your, your brain doesn't quite click to that. It's like, I thought, thought I was like firing the turret. I hadn't. I've like just completely emptied my gun. It's like, oh, oh I thought I was firing the turret. I'm not. <laughs> That's why I'm not winning. <laughs> like shit. I think if it should have done it so you, you wouldn't be firing your regular gun. You should be just firing the turret at that point. Um, Yeah. Especially when you've been playing it on hard mode like I was. I was running dry on ammo anyway. It was like, oh, I've just entire, emptied my entire clip into deep space. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Try that again. So, soft reload. And then, yeah, we're good. Um. On that, the uh, there's a few bits where um, they have like lines of dialogue, and like you can't move on to the next room until the dialogue's finished, like, like voice recordings, which the original had, but there's there seems to be more in this one. And there's a, a couple of points where I was like, this is going on for a bit. Can can we skip this? I just want to go through the sodding door, should it? <laughs> and they do give Isaac a voice in this one. Isaac in the original is like a mute character, just like yeah, Gordon Freeman. That. But um, honestly, his dialogue's there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really add a lot. I I think it's like a choice though to do that, like because you don't want to like flesh him out too much. And the original story is still there. It's like, but what, what can you really add to a character that never really spoke in the original? Like, they give him a couple of lines that like suggests like his mum was like a cultist and a little bit of backstory, but none of it really feels warranted. It's, it's like, yeah, I think you could have just still kept him mute and it would have been fine. <laughs> but I know it's it's not realistic, is it? It's like people are going to talk in a situation like this. There's like necromorphs running around and you're like in the scene of aliens. You might utter a few more words. But all in all, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I am going to go for the platinum trophy on it, just like you <laughs> did the original. So uh, uh, there's some like new game plus options. There's like an impossible mode where you've got like one life to do it in. Um, oh, which is one very minor point. In the original game, there's a couple of bits where you can like instantly get killed if you're not careful. Um, this game tones it down a bit with like how the design is. It's like it's they're they're not like 100% gone, but there's slightly less instant death bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, highly recommended. Um, it, again, if you like me and you've played the original to death, probably hold off and wait for a sale. But if it's your first time playing the franchise, go nuts. Seriously, you'll have a blast. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do want to check it out. I've been Death Space. Has been Death Space one and two. Definitely been two games on my to buy and to pl- playlist for a long time. Well, I uh, say the, the remakes well worth it. Mm. Oh, it just it does one, one one last note because you might get caught out if you played the original. In the original, when you're running around from place to place and backtracking, for the most part, you're fine. This game, because you like have to backtrack a bit more, um, you essentially get random encounters. Like you can go through like the same hallway of thousand times, and then what a thousand and one time, uh, enemies will spawn in, and they're random. <laughs> Okay. Like what will happen, or just other things will happen. Like events will just like burst for like no reason, and you think, "Oh, I'm gonna get an encounter," but you don't. But oh, that caught me out <laughs> once or twice. Like, oh, I'll have a quick look at my map. It's like, oh, my face appears to be being eaten. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I finally watched Star Wars Rebels. Uh, as you know, I'm going through entirety of Star Wars. Um, I actually, I've actually uh, f- messed up my watch order. Funny enough. I, while watching Rebels, I realised 
Andor season one occurs at the same time of season one of Rebels, but I didn't know until watching Rebels. So, oh well, uh, it's oh, one well. one thing. I've messed up one thing. I'm sure I can live with that. Uh, when I started, as I, I told you two, but when I started doing watching all the Star Wars in chronological order, the main reason was to watch the Clone Wars animated series and Re- uh, Rebels, the animated series. And I'll be honest. I absolutely love Rebels so much. It's different to Clone Wars, for example, but both of them are like the brain, the like the child of uh, animated child of Dave Filoni, who's now well, the driving force of Star Wars these days, with like the Mandalorian and the upcoming Ahsoka series. Which I'm going to be honest, I think if you've not watched Clone Wars, the animated series, and Rebels, the animated series, you should not watch Ahsoka. Ooh. I was wondering that because, because I am. <laughs> what literally every main character and the main villain are all from re- most mostly rebels, but then you but Ahsoka, unless you watch Clone Wars, you have no idea. Well, I guess you, you will you will know who she is, but not really. Won't understand how, where how she gets to where she is. Like I think Ahsoka, the upcoming Ahsoka series is a testament on of how important the animated series first up both the two animated the big two animated series are for star wars uh i I really like really enjoyed rebels it it i guess it has what i have kind of wanted from like the original trilogy era of star wars just the rebellion it's just got a whole lot of rebellion stuff um whole lot of like smaller characters from the original trilogy so like the biggest character that appears is lando carizian and he's hardly in it um he's in like two episodes you got like mon mothra is is a big is like quite in it towards the end you got um senator organa leia's adoptive father he appears towards the end like the five no the six main characters are all really good and all very diverse and varied uh yeah it well it's like only four seasons and it feels very complete um yeah it's 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 just it's really good um i i don't really have any any gripes i i'm like debating whether i like it more than the clone wars animated series and i think everyone i speak to who loves the clone wars goes no you're wrong, and I'm like, I don't know, because I I really like the Clone Wars series, but I think it has more teething of issues than Rebels. I think Rebels, you maybe have a season, and then it just goes whole ham. Literally, season two it brings Ahsoka in, it brings Darth Vader in. Season three and four bring in one of the greatest Star Wars villains, who is being pl- uh, the guy who voices him is playing him in the Ahsoka, and because it brings in. A Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he is incredible. Uh, I cannot wait to see him in uh, the Ahsoka series. Literally up there as one of the best Star Wars villains. I cannot tell you how good he is uh, as a villain. Yeah, it's it's just great. I I I like even if you don't want to watch Clone Wars animated series, I recommend watching Rebels for Ahsoka because like near enough, all the main characters from Ahsoka, uh, not from sorry, from Rebels are probably going to appear in Ahsoka. Uh, one of the characters appears in The Mandalorian season three as well. Uh, the uh, uh, Zeb Aurelius he appears in Mandalorian season three. So yeah, there's a, there's a it, it's really good. It has a lot of it goes into a lot of backstory on rebellion 
prior to the original trilogy. It has like Yavin 4, which is where they are in Rogue One and at the end of A New Hope. Uh, it's connected to Rogue One as well. There's a lot of if you rewatch when I rewatch Rogue One, there's a lot of Star Wars Rebels Easter eggs. A lot like uh, the actual ship that the main ship in Rebels is flying in the space battle in Rogue One at the end. It's got a, quite. A, it's only small, but there's quite a lot of scenes of it just flying about. So uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Rebels. It's got a great cast of characters, great overall overarching plot for the four seasons. It's got Grand Admiral Thrawn, one of the best Star Wars villains. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I, I I don't. I think there's just a there's a there's throwaway episodes, and I think that's probably all I'd say. Other than that. I, I don't really have any negatives. It's it's really good. Mm. But uh, I guess on to another sci-fi thing. Um, Chris, we both watched the latest Marvel film. <gasps> we did. We did. We watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And I tell you what, already bought the soundtrack because <laughs> we've got one in two. I seen on the shop shelf the day after. I was like, yeah, I've got to get that. I, I think not so much for the music. Just this for the fact we've got it. <laughs> the soundtrack's great. Although I I think it's probably i don't think it's as good as the other two but it is still really good like i i think compared to the other two i was like oh it's this song this song this song this song this, this song yeah it's good i was pretty much singing along to beginning this <laughs> I was trying, trying to stifle myself is yeah. <laughs> well i guess what what do you think what, what, how do you feel about volume three finally the end of the guardians of the galaxy trilogy is finally here uh let's see um how do i start well let's just say like the at the minute like uh online people are praising this movie they just think it's really really good they think it's like now this is coming this is the best marvel trilogy that's been no and... it's not it's not the best marvel trilogy but it's still a it's a good film volume three is a good film Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. I do like how they like uh, sort of change focus because essentially Rocket's the main character in this one, yeah. not Star Lord, and it's more about him and his backstory. Obviously, to catch it up to modern day, bring all the Guardians together. They go on a wacky adventure. Many all go home and have lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I will have to rewatch it to see how I uh, where I place it. But I am a big fan of the first and second one, and this is certainly on par with if not maybe better than the second one again i'll need to rewatch it to uh, pick up on all the details but i really like this everyone did great um it was weird seeing nathan fillion in it as well <laughs> he plays a character in it he's well, popped he, up he's in all I three think... he's in all three guardian films yeah but it's like fleshed out a bit more, yeah at least this time you actually saw him in the <laughs> his face because the other two times he don't no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no. I think uh, James Gunn's been firing on all cylinders. Like you can tell, everyone in this film is having a good time. Mm. Yeah, because if you don't know, like there was a controversy a while back, and this got pushed back because um, James Gunn temporarily got uh, fired by Disney for old tweets. But then, like pretty much the entire cast of Guardians was like, "Bring him back. We ain't doing it otherwise." So uh, they did. <laughs> Long story short, that's the short version. Um, and yeah, um, they, they, they feel like family. <laughs> 
and uh, yeah, yeah. everyone bounces off each other great everyone's got the fantastic chemistry it was just a really good time um, I do think the villain was quite strong um, it was just a complete bastard <laughs> and you like like when you first like really see him he's like yeah I want to see this guy get his comeuppance I, I don't like him very much um, yeah it's is it the longest Guardians one because it's like two and a half hours um, again just yeah. flew by that yeah how, how it ended as well um, although I must point out I didn't actually see the uh, the post credit scene I had to dash because uh, which was the final one yeah or both of them. Uh, I, I, when the credits started rolling, I looked at my watch and was like, I need to go. I'm, um, I'm going to miss my ride if I don't go now. So the, the and final then it was like 15 minutes late, so I could have easily seen. Yeah, the final one is just Star Lord will re- basically it just at, at the end of the day, it just says Star Lord will, will return. That's it. There, well, there, I'm not going to give you the context of of it, but it ends with the legendary Star Lord will return. Uh, the mid credit scene is quite quite good. It's quite funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah. There um, won't be any more Guardian films. The, the yeah, Guardians well, will David still. David already said that this one song. Yeah, the the Guardians will still appear. I I assume because they can, but I there won't be. I doubt there'll be any. There, there's no more film, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, I I really enjoyed this. I actually when I saw this film, uh, we in Britain were having. It was the coronation. Our king was getting cor- was getting his crown, and I was like, "I'm going to watch Guardians instead." So I did. Yeah, I thought I was. Oh, I'm going to do a seven hour marathon. I was playing Pokemon <laughs> Stadium. Yeah, so we're all busy not watching the coronation. Yep, pretty much. Uh, I, and uh, I had a good time. Uh, I, I I know you. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of the second Guardians film. The more I watch it, the the less I like it. But the first Guardian film is one of my favorite Marvel films. Uh, so I think it's like it's either in my top three or top. It's definitely my top five. It might be in my top three. That's how much I love the first Guardians film. Uh, and I I still think it's the first is better than this, the third. But the third is really good. I I, I it, it restored faith. I think the second film did things I I didn't think were right. Uh, and this third film felt it felt like it recaptured what i liked about the first film and i uh, it was great uh as you said it's all about rocket rocket is the main character um i cried i actually cried watching this film uh there was a few moments that that got me i'll be honest mm. they got me especially the moment where even the moment right near the end where rocket has all the raccoons that got me even that got me Oh. Um, I I cried as well. I, I, I cried with joy because my mate paid for the ticket, so I'd have saved thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, honest, I didn't actually find this film as funny as the other two. And it's I a th- lot darker. Yeah, yeah. I I not that I, I think it it not that that's I think that's a kind of a good thing in some ways. It it wasn't trying to be recapture the comedy or try and be as funny as the other two and. With its darker story, I uh, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, yeah, as you said, all all the characters were great. Um, the, the the a lot of Nebula was a definitely a standout. There was a lot of key Nebula scenes that really made me laugh, especially the one with her and Star Lord about a quarter of the way, not a quarter of the way, about two about a third of the way. That that made me laugh a lot. You know, you know which scene I mean. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just happy anytime Drax is on the screen. <laughs> mm. Drax me up. Um, 
yeah, I, I do see what you're saying about the comedy, but because it's a, a, a darker film, like mm. I don't think uh, any more jokes would have done it any oh, no, service. No. Like, I, I mean, look, look at Love and Thunder. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah so like, they got James Gunn got the right balance of comedy and very emotional storytelling. Yeah, and of course you got to remember um, with. Like the events of Endgame and Infinity War, that was the Russo brothers writing. So yeah. the stuff that happened with Guardians, like he inherited that, and it's gone. Like, right, how do I how do I spin it back to what I was going to talk about? Because well, obviously you, you you got Gamora, who's not the same Gamora. You got like Star Lord, like mm. dooming the entire race. It's like, yeah, how am I going to write around that? <laughs> you, you, know, you say that. I think I think he did have a a hand in Infinity War and Endgame. I think. I'm not completely sure, but I think the Russo brothers did ask him, uh, or at least he has he has a bit. He did contribute something, uh, not completely, because I think he has gone on record that he wasn't. He's not completely happy with how Starlord acted towards Thanos in the final battle. But uh, yeah, I think he did. I think he ha- he did contribute something towards Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, I don't think he had a lot of control. Though, no, so I think no, that it's no. very minor. So. Yeah, very minor. No, I, I really like... I thought Groot was really good in this. I don't know, I think Groot has been a... I, I think I've been a bit hit and miss with Groot ever since the second film but I, I really enjoyed Groot in this film I thought he was really really fun um, um, well Groot from the beginning was kind of just like a one joke character but yeah. fleshed him out quite a lot and then um, and I love him in the second one baby Groot uh, my mum adores baby Groot we've got several baby Groot oh things around the house we've got, we've got a fluffy toys we've got a flower pot I've got a little Lego <laughs> baby Groot got baby Groot mug so yeah we're, we're kind of fans of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I placed the second one so high. Lou's like, my mum likes it. He's like, come on, you can't dislike a film your mum loves, especially when I like it as well. He's like, he's gone to the point like, oh, we're going to put a film on. We're having a shit day. What should we put on? Let's put on Guardians 2. We're going to have a laugh with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really know. As you say, the uh, grand, is it great evolutionary? Yeah, he was a, he, he was a very good villain, a good foil to rocket as a, a villain mm. i do like what star lord calls him he's like insulting him mm. oh it's like you robocop and skeletal looking motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like you said robocop i'm interested in both yeah you <laughs> forget that the, the first swear uh, the first f bomb as well yeah it does and uh, it's uh so inconsequential <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> I kind of expected that, like when the, when they hype something up, it's like, yeah. I, I I knew it was co- coming at some point in the film, but I, I'm just like, well, we'll be where wherever it is. Yeah. So. I tell you what, though, it's, it was kind of like water of a duck's back because like a couple of days before, I uh, rewatched the uh, the James Gunn Suicide Squad, and there's so much swearing in there. Mm. <laughs> and when it happened in Guardians, it's like, did he swear? I, I don't know. <laughs> of course not. I thought. Mm. I think there. I think it was a word that I thought sounded like fuck, and so I was like, oh, is there two? But no, it was it's still only one. I think I just didn't hear it correctly, and so it sounded like a, a second fuck. Uh, no, they were referring to how the duck no no this is no nowhere near how the duck yeah no, nobody should be anywhere near how the duck. you got cosmo cosmo got to do quite a bit in this film i was very happy yeah cosmo's well, um, face dog i'm, I'm fine with uh, cosmo having female voice it's quite jarring because my only exposure to cosmo is like from from the game first so it's like uh, a, a, a russian male voice <laughs> uh right uh, well, yeah 
tell you what, Cosmo is a very good dog. He, he, yep, Cosmo is a very good dog. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, my dog's better. Wait, what? I don't know. I don't know. Is Freya got like telekinesis? Yeah, because she can read whenever the fuck I'm going to walk off. <laughs> so uh, she will like deep space to see what happens. She... Right. So here's another thing she's learned. Brandon, you're really quiet. <laughs> Why am I quiet? Right. Quick, quick, <laughs> like hour in. Brandon, you're quiet. Yes, just yes, just say that in like after an hour of recording. <laughs> also, am yeah, I quiet? You seem quiet to me. Yeah. Well, I'm, so, wait. Am I quiet or not? You seem the same to me. Seem better now. You sounded a bit distant to me a second ago. I'm away with it. Oh my God. I forgot what I was going to say now. Something about dogs. No, gone. Well, you know, well, here's something else about, kind of about dogs. Although the dog hardly appears. I forgot to mention it last in the last episode. Uh, John Wick 4. I, I've watched John Wick Chapter 4. It's good. Um, oh, yes. John, John Wick had a very good dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Wick 4 is really good. Yeah, it just, it rounds out the story of all... The, the, of all the films really well I I, mean, I was very tired so about the first hour I kept falling asleep constantly it was really annoying but I still I still managed to go uh, I, I knew what was going on it just I kept it's annoying and at least the last where it mattered it towards the end and all the best action scenes I was uh, firmly past the tiredness that em- enveloped me in, at the start I had just worked as well so that didn't help but no, it's, I don't know if any of you have seen the John Wick films. I've seen any at all. I've seen the first one a couple of times. Cause I own that one. Um, and I've seen the second and third one. I watched them like back to back. And I tell you what, I can't really remember anything that happened in them. I, this definitely feels like one of the, the best modern action films, like action franchises. Uh, it, like, it, it just oozes with attitude every time with all these action set pieces and all the martial arts and uh, yeah it's it's great in this uh fourth film he's got like donnie yen he's in it he plays a blind man uh and he's it's donnie yen what can you say he's fantastic um on that, I it, it's just what you expect from if you watch one John Wick film, you know what you're gonna expect. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I had a bit of a, I was a bit unsure with the third film. The third film kind of feels a bit of a filler film, but the fourth film kind of rectifies that a bit. And so I, I'm, I'm a bit, I, I can now give the third film a bit of a pass now. It's a, it's made that makes the third film better, which I, I'm happy with. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the thing I always find with John Wick, definitely f- 3 and 4 definitely feel like this. Sometimes the action set pieces just go on and on. And I'm uh, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, does it need to be this long? <laughs> it, how necessary is all this violence? Mm. Like, it, it just gets quite exaggerated. I, I don't know, that's a bit like, oh, don't you want to watch... It's an action film, don't you want to watch action? But sometimes it just goes on, I'm like, does it? Does this action set piece need to be this long? But Yeah, that's 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 why you need a slower scene like, between them to sort of slow everything down a bit and like get everyone caught up, because otherwise it just turns into like white noise after a while. Some, yeah, some of the action scenes do just feel like that, uh, but they're, they all look... Great, that's the problem. Um, what, what? There's one action scene that is quite funny. It, it's essentially John Wick plays Frogger at the Arc de Triomphe in France, <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> essentially, 
He's trying to get across it, uh, and loads of hitmen are trying to kill him. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great, satisfying end to the the franchise. Um, yeah. That's now I just want to watch a Frogger film where he's getting chased <laughs> down by hitmen. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, when you said Frogger, the first thing that came to my mind is the YouTuber Frogger for Overwatch stuff. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind. It just was. I've got no idea who that is. Neither do I. He's just an Australian guy who plays as Lucio in Overwatch. Uh, okay. I, I, I didn't realise that Matt Mercer was a played a character in Overwatch until recently. I was like, oh, right. Who else? He plays, well, he's not the character who got his name changed. Uh, what's he called? Okay. Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, I didn't realise it. Matt Mercer played Cassidy. Yeah, makes complete sense. Now, now I'm now I'm like, yeah, I, I can, yeah, it makes complete sense (laughs) that he plays the American. Um, yeah, no, John Wick's good. Yeah, yeah. Also, it had the uh, final appearance of the uh, the actor who uh, played the hotel manager. Yes, yes. To be honest, he's hardly in the film. Uh, yeah. yeah, he gets killed off quite early in the film. To be honest, um, he's doing yes. Sean Bean. Yeah, no, he's uh, he he put a great performance in uh, all the, well all the John Wick films. He's he's also in. Funny enough, I've not even mentioned it since I start since it was on, but now the season's completely done. He he was also in The Legend of Vox Machina season two as the main the the main uh, dragon. Uh, so sadly, he won't be reprising his role uh, in the first season three. Sadly, which would have been where they actually fight him, which is a shame. Yeah, he, it's uh, yeah, he he was a, he's a good he's really good in John Wick. That's reminded me when I was um watching Guardians three, the the actor who plays the High Evolutionary. All the time, I was thinking, where do I know this guy from? Uh, he's in John Wick chapter two. Yeah. And he's, he's also in Peacemaker, which is just another reason why you should all go and watch Peacemaker, because it's great. I know, you you uh, love to mention Peacemaker. You, <laughs> I know, not that that's a, a bad thing, it's just like... I have mentioned like, it in one episode. <laughs> well, you say that, but you, yeah, you, true, but it's you but messaging, you messaged us about Peacemaker quite a few times. Yeah, when I was watching it. <laughs> true. <laughs> like, over a year ago. True. Uh, still, it's good. Go, go see yeah. it. I'll be I'll be watching the second series when it comes out. Mm. Well, I think that's it. There's not anything, unless there's anything else. Literally, I've just done live stuff. I've not done any um, fancy stuff. It's been I don't seem to be honest. I don't see myself doing much again either because I've got um because now obviously I'm doing my PhD and it's like reaching the summertime. Things are like starting to ramp up. I'm just gonna be doing that late pretty much every day and the weekends. I'm now starting to train a puppy. Plus, there's not even really any games coming out that really take my fancy i'm just still playing just my usual stuff arc nights overwatch and I've, oh yeah that's one big we're gonna hopefully because i mentioned this ages ago how i'm playing the devil and me the dark pictures one and how buggy it is so hopefully by the next <laughs> actual podcast i'll probably finish it and see if it's still a buggy mess mm. so that'll be that'll be fun if it is i'm gonna be very very disappointed you also got download festival as well coming up I will, no that won't be the next recording no no but I know you've got it'll that, be the next I know you've got that coming up yeah. as well yes that won't be next recording with the recording after oh, I, don't, I don't know I'm, I'm just saying in your life you've got that coming up not... yeah I've just got I've just got live stuff I've got no that's what I meant yeah I've just got live stuff yeah, I do no, have one more movie I can briefly mention go for it <laughs> Uh, so I watched the uh, the newest Tom Hanks film, A Man Called Otto. Uh, I'll keep this brief. 
it was okay. Of course, um, you're going to say that. I, I was sold on the premise, like because um, the premise of a man called Otto is Tom Hanks is an older gentleman who's just a miserable person and hates everyone. I was like, hmm. yeah, I, I, I like the idea of that. That sounds fun. And as the film goes on, he gets softened up by new neighbours and whatnot. And it pretty much goes exactly how you think it's going to go. Um, it seems very bare bones and quite like, is this like a Hallmark film? <laughs> I, I really wanted to like it. And I kind of did at the beginning. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I, like, I like where this is going. And then it was like, oh, you know, that, that, that one trait about the character that you find fascinating. Let's make it less so and more boring <laughs> as the film goes on. But, oh. I don't want a happy ending. I want him to be a miserable bastard. I want him to tell piss people to piss on. Piss <laughs> off, uh, ghost. That's fun. It's fun because normally you don't see Tom Hanks do that. He's normally like a nice character in most of the films he's in. So uh, him playing a miserable bastard, I thought it was quite refreshing. Mm. But like the 20 minutes it does it. So I really enjoyed like the first half hour and then it's just like, right, okay. Um... We'll see where this is going. I mean, I suppose it's a nice film if you want that, but I wanted to see him being miserable as fuck. <laughs> and look, I only got that for a short dose. Uh, yeah, a man called I watch it if you want. It's not terrible. It's just there. Mm, well, mm. I, uh, <laughs> I guess that's it for... That's a very short and sweet one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've discussed everything we wanted to. Um... As I say, so you, so Brandon's going to do what he said about literally about two minutes ago, which I can't remember already. <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to try and play Callisto Protocol and get that done for the next episode, but we'll see. Work depending. Who knows if I survive? Because I'm also continuing the Weed Alone Challenge at the minute. Hmm. Pick that up again. So uh, you have to finish that. I really hope you can beat the Elite Four with like six level 100 Weedles. But my God, getting them to level 100 is going to be a pain. Brandon, I played it for three hours. <laughs> on the stream yesterday i made zero progress did you not Why? Right what until the last moment i was at sylphco i beat like every grunt in there and that's like the only progress i made i started the stream wanting to beat koga and right up until the very last minute i had yet to do that <laughs> i well, suppose him. like if you're getting zubats and stuff you're just doing like one damage every turn Oh, oh, less than that. Um, he has a muck, which is very tanky, resists all our moves, and keeps casting evade. So I'm just like, oh like, god, uh, minimize. So I, I was, I was, yeah, minimize. So uh, all my weedles, I, I like every attempt. I, they've got 35 poison stings every, like, and all six of them have missed like every single one. But and then he just does sludge bomb and kills them out, right? So uh, yeah, I only won like one minute before the end of my stream on the very last attempt before I was going to throw in the towel because by sh some miracle we managed to take Muck down and I had two of my lowest level Weedles left and his last Weezing just did self-destruct straight away and I don't know why he did that because that was his last Pokemon so we just won because <laughs> I had one Weedle left and didn't do anything. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> So uh, the the run's back on. <laughs> I was gonna, I was genuinely gonna call it. And say I'm not doing this anymore because <laughs> I, I I found out that the in-game clock maxes out at 255 hours. It doesn't go up anymore. So God well, knows how many hours are that room now? Uh, I, I, I bet I'm around 300 hours. Easy. Jesus. But Christ. I don't know. I don't know. It only goes up to 255. That's the thing about Pokemon Red and Blue. I didn't know. <laughs> Game clock messes out. Like, oh yeah, even the oh, even the games like saying we're not even gonna bother counting anymore. Please stop. <laughs> Uh, so yeah but now I've got Sabrina and Sabrina's psychic and uh, that's super effective against all my uh, weedles and Alakazam uh, I'm fucked <laughs> uh, and uh, speeds because Alakazam speed it's a speedy boy uh, you're, need, got... you're literally going to need 99 revives 99 ethers 99 elixirs just anything yeah and um the moment I do that, they'll just go straight up and die again. Because and I've also got a uh, blame fire. Oh, good! All my weedles are weak to that. Uh, 
Giovanni. Oh, ground type. Was this all my poisonous? Oh, actually, I'm kind of less worried about that one. I'm actually more worried about Bruno than anyone else in the Elite Four. I'll say Bruno's going to suck. But I have said to chat, right, I'm going to do the rare candy glitch because I already have like one. We do like level 62. Like the rest are like a bit higher. So the other one is like 55 and then like in 40s and that. I'm just going to use rare candies. I'm not going to do like so everyone's like level 100. I'm only going to do it like a couple of levels here and there from just not making progress just to save sodding time because <laughs> um, like the game counter's already given up so it's not going to go up anymore so for my sanity it's like all I'm doing is skipping the grind that's literally it yeah. <laughs> other than that yeah so if I'm still alive from that then we should be good to record again in two weeks it's just like mentally defeated I really was like gonna throw it in i was just like, if, if i hadn't have done it pogo on that very last attempt i would have said i'm not doing this anymore i've already delayed this like several times it's like like months between attempts at the same run it's like other than grind there's nothing i can do and it takes Has anyone else ever. done we'd load it run to like you or are you like the only one I think they have, but they use items in battle, and I'm not doing that. I said he use like X defend and all that jazz, but I'm not doing that. I think it cheapens the challenge. I suppose it's, it's like a it. sort of evil necessity. <laughs> it seems to be. I know if you're like doing magic harp only, you have to. You're just not going to do it. But no, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> it's enough. Oh man. Well. Yeah, don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Play Dead Space remake instead. Big catch piece only. That way you can get stuck as soon as you go into the ghost tower. Uh, Lavender Town. Struggle, mate. Struggle. Well, you know where we are on social media. On all all, all of the social media. Yeah, we are. Well, it's wherever you're listening to this right now, or on all your favourite podcast places. Yeah, you know you know how it is. Uh, all the links are in the, in the description of the episode, as always. And uh, you'll hear us in two weeks, unless you uh, you have anything more to say. I like my dog. <laughs> I like my dog too. She's a good dog. I like my dog too. There you go. <laughs> oh. Tell us in the comments everything about your pets. Love your pets, whatever you do. Yeah. And now I want to watch Doggos of the Galaxy. I'm going to watch Marley and Me. I really. was going to say. I, was like, nah. <laughs> I love a happy ending. <laughs> oh, yes. A happy ending in Marley and Me. Yes, sure. <laughs> sure. You know what? With how old that film is now, uh, that dog's definitely dead. <laughs> it's definitely gone. Well, That's a very cheerful ending. It really is. You know what's you know what you can't do in Tears of the Kingdom? You still can't pet the fucking dogs. What? Oh fuck that then. <laughs>